Good morning. Good morning. Waking with the Stop. word. the day in the word. Give yourself a shake and grab yourself a coffee. And a cup of tea. Waking, Waking with the word. Good morning. Welcome to Waking with the Word. We are in the series Finding the Kingdom of Heaven after Easter and we're talking about power because the Kingdom of Heaven is the Kingdom of Power. It's God's power. So as a citizen of the Kingdom of Heaven, God's power, God's love, God's grace, God's forgiveness, God's strength, God's comfort, God's kindness, God's joy should all be available to me. That's what the Bible tells me. So today I want to talk about that power because that's what we're actually talking about finding. One of the things I want to point out, as I already have been, but in more literal and definite words or language, is that the kingdom of heaven and the power came to the disciples after death. Now it was after Jesus' death, yes, but sometimes we miss the point. These disciples died also. They died to their own opinions, they died to their own desires, they died to their own expectations. They learned that no, no, Jesus doesn't do what they want them to do. Judas forcing Jesus to the point where Jesus was crucified did not mean that Jesus did what Judas wanted him to do. Jesus was going to do what God wanted him to do. Even if Judas tried to push him, as we've said in an earlier episode, into taking back the kingdom for the Jews, it's not what happened. Even though the Romans pushed Jesus to death, he still didn't do what they wanted him to do. They mocked him. They asked him and shouted at him, call the angels down to save you. He didn't do that. And then they killed him. And they wanted him inside that grave with the stone over the top of it, with soldiers watching the grave, and they didn't want him to be alive. But Jesus did what God wanted him to do. Mary, the mother of Jesus, I'm absolutely certain, did not want to watch her son die. She couldn't understand why he was on that cross. But Jesus didn't do what Mary wanted him to do. In fact, if we go back in the Gospels, we see a time where Mary comes and Jesus is teaching and she says, I want to see my son. She's come because she thinks he's mad because all these people are listening to him and the room is crowded. And he says, if you do what my father in heaven wants you to do, then you're my brothers and you're my sisters and you're my mother. In other words, you're my family. Jesus's family were the people who did what God wanted them to do. They were God-focused. And this God-focused relationship was more than just a reading of the Bible or a listening to the preachers or following Christian society. It was getting to know the Holy Spirit. Jesus, when it was still dark, it says in Mark, left the house and went to the hills to pray. He went to a secret, lonely place alone with his heavenly Father and he prayed. When Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 7 to shut the door of my closet and pray to my father who sees in secret, this wasn't him teaching something he didn't do. This was him teaching a standard by which he lived. Jesus spent so much time praying to his heavenly father in secret that his ministry was full of power because Jesus was the Holy Spirit in a human body. These disciples, each and every one of them, came to the point when Jesus died and then rose again of realising that they are so much smaller than God. When you come to that point, you realise, I'm going to do what he says. I want to follow what he says, because he is so much greater than me. On top of that, they knew his incredible love for them. 
What joy it is to know that we are held by a God who is so big and so great, but also a God who is so firm and so strong that he doesn't do what we want him to do. And yet if we will die to ourselves, to our own opinions, our own desires, and listen to the Holy Spirit and genuinely do what he wants us to do, we can receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. To be a witness, which is what Jesus promised they would be, actually means to bring evidence into a courtroom. It's not just someone who speaks out, this is what I saw. It's a life that shows this is who God is. Let me say that again, to be a witness means someone who brings evidence into a courtroom. It's not just a mouth that shouts out, this is what we do. It's a life that shows this is who God is. I guess the saying, do more doing and less talking, is exactly what that word witness means. You see, the power comes for me personally, but as I live that life out, people cannot help but see it. They cannot help but actually notice the power of God and the Holy Spirit in my life. God does wonders for me. One time I was standing in a shower and God said, Emily, I am the God that can move heaven and earth for you. And I have found him do that in so many incredible ways. But one of the biggest things he has done for me is change me inside, change who I am inside. He's given me perseverance, determination, commitment. He's given me strength. My God does not break the tender reef, but he makes it stronger. My God is the one who said, say to the weak knees to be strong. But this strength comes after weakness. And the power, as I've said, comes after death. Let's talk about John. John stood at the foot of the cross and Jesus said, this is your mother, look after her for me. Because there was a tradition that basically when somebody died or when a male died in the Jewish faith, they had to pass responsibility for the females in their family to another male and usually a brother. But Jesus treats John as a brother because John was God focused. John wanted the kingdom of heaven to come on earth. And not just in the way that everybody thought it might come with the nation of Israel being given back, John loved Jesus and he just wanted what Jesus wanted. So Jesus says, you're my brother, John, because you're still here at the foot of this cross, loving those people that have gathered, which it says was a small band of people. You're still here. You're standing here through this terrible hardship. You have not ran away. Let's talk about Peter. As I've already said, Peter denied Jesus. He was ashamed to be known as being with Jesus. But after Jesus rose again, Jesus says to Peter three times, Do you agape me? Do you prefer me? The word agape means to prefer. And the death that we must go through is an agape death. It's a death of love. In other words, we die to our selfishness. We die to our pride. We die to our thinking we know best and we live to agape him, to prefer him, to choose him, to listen to him, to want to know him. If you say you want to know him, but you spend no time with him daily, then my opinion, and I'm sorry to say it, is that I, I'm not agapeing him when I do that. I'm not preferring him, because how can I prefer what he thinks when I don't even ask what he thinks? And you know, God is not a God who speaks to you only through the multitude. And in fact, 
He won't speak to you intimately through the multitude. He wants you on your own. He wants to have a living, breathing, daily, intimate treasure of a relationship with you. He loves you so much that he says, come and be alone with me. Who wants a relationship with someone that they're never alone with, that they hardly get to know? You know, people can be one way in the crowd and another way in private. God wants to know the private you, and he wants you to know the very private him. So you've got to walk through a death. You've got to walk through a death. Anything achievable in life, you've got to die to other things. If I want to eat only healthy food, I've got to die to the fat food. If I want to do exercise, I've got to die to those things that I would want to be doing instead of the exercise. I have to die to the tired feeling and the feeling of, oh, I can't be bothered anymore. If I want to learn an instrument, I have to die to the, the things that I would usually be doing or want to do instead of practicing. And the reason is for the end result. Paul said, forgetting what is behind, I press on to my high calling in Christ. Another scripture, Paul says, I've ran the race, I've finished the course. Paul likened walking with God and listening to God to the Olympic Games. The Olympic Games, way back in the days of Paul, were hard and painful games. It wasn't easy. Paul isn't saying, oh, just do a little bit of a run. Oh, just do a marathon. What we do nowadays for exercise is nothing compared to the games that went on in ancient Greece. But Paul likens walking with God and listening to him to that. But Paul is also known and very famously for saying that love, love is kind, love is patient, love is good, love is joyful, love does not count up wrongs. Love rejoices in truth, but does not rejoice in evil. Paul is known for saying that nothing, absolutely nothing, neither death nor life, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things that are now, or things that are to come, or things that have been, will ever separate me from the love of God. Paul is known as saying, I wish you knew the height, the breadth, the width, the depth of God's love. Paul is known as saying, God's strength is sufficient in my weakness. You see, Paul knew the terrible hardship it was to walk with God and to listen to God and to want to hear God on every decision and every day and to prefer God and to agape God. And he knew what it was, he says, to be shaken, to be beaten, but not to be destroyed and not to be despairing because Paul knew the power of the Holy Spirit within him. Paul knew what it took to walk with God through this life. He knew the death and the death came for him when he met Jesus on the road to Damascus and Jesus said, why are you persecuting me? Paul wasn't persecuting Jesus. He didn't think he was. He was persecuting the followers of Jesus, but Jesus lives by the power of the Holy Spirit in each one of us. So when we persecute one another, we are persecuting Jesus. And Paul was also persecuting the way of Jesus. He was persecuting those that gave the message of Jesus, those that brought the evidence of what God does in your life. When Paul was blinded on that road and then led to a house and someone came and prayed with him, he realised that God was greater than him. God was bigger than him and God had a different way than what Paul's way was. He realised that God was bigger than religion. 
God was bigger than the opinions of other people at that time. And at that moment, Paul began to live out his death. His death was to agape Jesus, to do what Jesus wanted. He separated himself so he could hear what Jesus wanted. For three years, he went alone with Jesus. This is interesting because the disciples were with Jesus for three years and then they lived out their death. Their death was complete and utter commitment to the voice of the Holy Spirit. They had to wait in the upper room and they had to wait, why? Because they didn't have what it took on their own and they knew it and they knew it more than they'd ever known it before because they'd seen Jesus die and rise again and they had realised that no pushing, that no wanting, that no opinions, that no fashion, that no religion, that no social, I'm going to say opinions again here, social facts, social thoughts, the way everybody thinks it should be, no tradition, no prophecy from the past that has been figured out our way, has been studied so we think it means a certain thing. None of those things will ever make God be or do what I want or what we think. We must listen for him. We must wait for him. They didn't want to do it without him. They didn't want to do it their way. They didn't want to be famous. They didn't want to be known. They wanted to lift him up because he was the one who had risen from the dead. You know, there's some deaths that Jesus brings us back from, and there's some deaths that Jesus brings us to. Let me say it again, there are some deaths that Jesus brings us back from, and there are some deaths that Jesus brings us to. And one more time, there are some deaths that Jesus brings us back from, and some deaths that Jesus brings us to. And the ones he brings us to are excruciatingly painful because it's death of my pride it's death of maybe what I've always thought or always known or expected to happen it might be death of my dreams death of my intellect but it's a death that leads me to the resurrection power it's a death that leads me to Jesus it's a death that leads me to his agape love for me and means I can live in his agape love it's a death that gives me strength. It's a death that gives me hope. It's a death that gives me joy. It's a death that teaches me how to be kind. It's a death that makes him my teacher and me his student. It's a death that turns me into a witness, a piece of evidence that shows what God can do and who God is without me opening my mouth. And sometimes, yes, he tells me to open my mouth, but without me opening it, my life shows what Jesus can do. It shows what God can do. It shows who the Holy Spirit is. And I don't have to worry about being a witness and I don't have to go through courses to become a, a witness and a disciple. No, I become his disciple because I've died to myself and he becomes my Lord, my risen saviour, my altogether lovely one, the one who gives me power. The Bible says, old death, where is your sting? This is worked out in the physical sense because when we die, we know where we're going and we know who's going to be there with us. But it's also worked out in the spiritual sense. Death, where is your sting? 
You will take my sin and I will rise again, truly living because he's brought my eternity. That's the words of a song that I wrote once and my brother Roger sings it. But it's so true even in my spiritual life. Yes, he may be grinding me down and yes, you may be waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And no, it may not be as you want and your dreams and your hopes and all the things you think you should have are not happening. My dear one. Stop. Stop and wait. Lay them at the foot of the cross. Give them to him. And say like Jesus did, not my will but yours be done. Because after that death, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be his witnesses unto the end of the earth. And behold, he will be with you always, even to the end of the age. God bless you and all my love. Take care. If you would like to support our work, you can find details at info at comebacktogod.org.